I want to talk to you today along the subject of anchors. The anchor that we're going to let down this morning is the anchor of purpose. You know, when a ship or a boat is anchored, when all of the storms come and the currents change, that ship holds steady because it is anchored. And you and I can put down some spiritual anchors that will keep us grounded, that will keep us stable, amen, in uncertain times. You know, you can think about several anchors that we can let down. There's the anchor of hope that holds you steady. There's the anchor of faith that we are established in. As our heart is fixed and as we're trusting in the Lord. There's also the anchor of love. We must live our lives filled with all the fullness of God's love. And as you're anchored in the love of God, your life will never fail. And then there's the anchor of prayer. There's the anchor of praise. There's a lot of anchors we could talk about. But this morning, I want to talk about the anchor of purpose and the anchor of destiny. The Apostle Paul was called before Caesar to testify of the goodness of God and the grace of God and to magnify the Lord and preach the gospel in Rome. Well, he was sent to Rome on a ship, but the ship experienced a great, great tempest and a great storm called Eurekladon. Paul knew in his heart that there was going to be trouble ahead. He told them, look, I have this inward witness on the inside of me that this trip is going to be with much hurt and much damage of the ship, but not only of the ship, but also of people's lives. But you know, he was just a prisoner. So they didn't listen to Paul. And when the soft wind blew softly, they set out. But as they set out, there came this huge storm. And I want to pick it up in Acts chapter 27, if you would, in verse 20 through 25. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. And many days of seeing neither the sun nor the stars, and with the violent storm continuing to rage against us, all hope of ever getting through it alive was abandoned. After being without food for a long time, Paul stepped before all of them and said, Men, you should have obeyed me and avoided all this pain and suffering by not leaving Crete. Now listen to me. Don't be depressed, for no one will perish. Only the ship will be lost. For God's angel visited me last night, the angel of my God, the God that I passionately serve. He came and he stood in front of me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You are destined to stand trial before Caesar. That's your purpose. That's your destiny. Now notice this verse. And because of God's favor on you, he has given you the lives of everyone who is sailing with you. So men, keep up your courage. I know that God will protect you just as he told me he would. And so they did some things during this journey in Acts chapter 27 and verse uh, 29 things got a little bit worse and it says then fearing lest we have fallen upon the rocks they cast out four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day they let down those anchors what anchors are you letting down in your life what are you and who are you depending on? You know, it's so easy to depend on material things and to depend on other people for our stability. But I've discovered that each of us in our walk with God, we need to put down certain anchors that will give us holding power and hold us steady. And so like I said, the one that we're going to look at today, and we all want to let it down and keep it down, is the anchor of purpose. We must be anchored in the fact that God has a purpose for our lives. You and I are not just here to take up space. 
We are not just here to survive. We are here for revival. We are here for God's plans and God's purposes for our individual lives and also for the local church and for the body of Christ. I think we can get happy about that. Never ever question your value. The enemy wants us to feel like we're less than the least. But in fact, he is the most low. We've been raised up together with Christ and we are seated in heavenly places with El Elyon. So don't listen to the lies of the devil that tells you you're not worthy, you have no worth, you're just taking up space. Rise up on the inside and be bold where the enemy is concerned and say, no, he who has begun a good work in me, he's going to complete it. He's going to perform it. I will fulfill the will of God for my life. Folks, you have a purpose and there is no storm that you can face that will ever, ever change his purpose for your life. In Jeremiah, the first chapter, and we notice in verse 5, he said, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. That word sanctified there means I set you apart. The NLT says it like this. I knew you before I formed you. In your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. The message translation says, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Hallelujah. Say it with me, He's got holy plans for me. I have been sanctified and I have been set apart from this failing world system to be a world overcomer. Now here's what the Apostle Paul said about his life in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. He said, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. So friends, just like Jeremiah and just like the Apostle Paul, you've been set apart by God. And don't let Satan talk you out of it. Do you know that the word called is used over a hundred times in the Bible? The Greek word for called is kaleo. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, he says, Those who God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What is this call upon your life? What is this call upon our lives? It is God's invitation for you and I to live in his plan and for his purpose for our lives. Amen. Here's what John 15:16 says in the CEV. He says, "You did not choose me, I chose you, and I sent you out to produce fruit, the kind of fruit that will last. Then my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name." Notice that with me. You didn't choose him, he chose you. And he sent you to be a fruit producer. And I think sometimes it's important for us to ask ourselves, what kind of fruit is showing up in our lives? What kind of fruit are we bearing in our lives? And it might just be, if there's not fruit taking place, it might just be that it's time for some pruning. Time for some pruning. That means that could mean there may be some things that need to be snipped out of our life. Oh, I know I'm preaching now. I know there's some things perhaps that need to be pruned out of all of our lives 
so that we can be in a better position to bear fruit. You see, God desires for you to live a fruitful life. And a fruitful life does not just mean having your needs met. A fruitful life does not just mean having your body healed. But a fruitful life is living your life unto Him, for Him, and also not just for yourself, but for others. Oh, hallelujah. What do you say? We bear more fruit at Heart of the Bay Christian Center than we've ever borne before. And don't despise the prunings of the Lord. Anybody ever been pruned before? Those He loves, He prunes. And so cooperate with Him as He shows you areas of your life where you're not bearing fruit. Do a checkup. Ask Him to show you. And He will give you the things that you need to do. Amen. So God is the one who initiated this call. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19 from the CEV, He says, My prayer, and this is our prayer for you, is that light will flood your hearts and you will understand the hope given to you when God chose you. Then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. Oh, hallelujah. And so Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse says this, and I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. For we are God's masterpiece, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. You're His masterpiece. You are His handiwork. The Greek word for handiwork is poema, which literally means we're God's poem. And God never intended our lives to be without rhyme. He never intended our lives to be without reason. One person said many years ago, you are his masterpiece. That means you're a piece of the master. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We could translate it this way. You were designed with a unique purpose, and that is what you should be doing with your life. That's what you should be doing with your life. And don't think that you need to be doing something great, that you need to be a missionary to the Middle East, or you need to be a missionary to Africa, or a missionary to India. No, God has sent you right where you are. He has put you in the marketplace. He has put a blueprint of His plan in your spirit. So bloom where you're at. Be fruitful right where you're at. Somebody says, yeah, but I work in a factory. Thank Thank God. Why? Because you can be a light in that factory. You can be a light right where you're at. Don't ever, ever minimize what God has placed on the inside of you. Notice Isaiah 44 and verse 2. He says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know what that says to me? That none of us were an accident. None of us were an oops. No, he is our creator. And this verse tells us that we were in His care even before we were born. That means that you and I are deeply loved. Even while we were growing on the inside of our mother's womb, we were deeply loved. God planned your life before you were born. And so the Apostle Paul, he had a date with destiny. And yet, things weren't looking so good. 
Have you ever experienced in your life things not looking good? Maybe that's why the Apostle Paul pinned such verses as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, For we what? We walk by faith and not by sight. He had a golden opportunity to be moved by what he saw and by what he felt in that ship when that storm arose. But the Apostle Paul's focus was not on the storm. The Apostle Paul's focus was on his purpose. He didn't lose sight of why he was on that ship. He stayed focused on what his destiny was. He stayed focused that he must appear before Caesar. And that's why he wrote things like 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, where he says, while I look not at the things which are seen. In other words, I'm not moved by what my physical senses are telling me. I look not at those things. But instead, I look at the things which are not seen. How in the world can you look at things that are not seen? You look at things that are not seen by the eye of faith. You look into the eternal truths of God's word and you set your focus and your attention on those things. And then he said this, for the things which are seen, they're just temporary. Oh, come on, somebody. The things which are seen have an expiration date. Paul knew that he was going to make it. Even though all hell broke loose, Paul knew on the inside that he was going to make it from point A to point B. Paul knew that what he was facing was just temporary. He knew that eventually what he was facing had an expiration date. Oh, come on, somebody. And I want to say to you today, you may be going through hell. You may be going through some difficult things. But thus saith the Lord, it has an expiration date. If you'll not stop, if you'll not quit, if you'll not be moved by what you see, if you'll walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. So I refuse to look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For those things which are seen are temporary. That means they're subject to change. Friends, what you're facing is subject to change. That pain in your body is subject to change. That torment in your soul is subject to change. That zero in your bank account is subject to change. Because what we are going through is subject to change because it is all subject to the Word of God. I'm not looking at it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not rehearsing it. I'm not telling everybody in the 510916, whatever area code you're in, all about it. I'm talking to God. My trust is in Him. So I'm not looking at the things which are seen, those things which are perceived by my five physical senses, but I'm looking into the unseen realm. Because the unseen realm is not temporary. Oh, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. <laughs> heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, it'll never pass away. Whoo, hallelujah. We're living on something and someone that will never change. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. So I refuse to look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen by the eyes of my faith. For the things which are seen are temporary, subject to change, but the things which are not seen will never change. I can remember... 
sitting around with Brother Copeland and Gloria Copeland and I think Billy Brim and Keith Moore years ago. We were at Dino's home in Branson. We had attended Dino's Christmas program and we went over to Dino's house to have some food and some fellowship. And testimonies were kind of circulating throughout the, the living room there and, and things were uh, being, God was being glorified of the things that he had done. And right at that particular time, we were in a fight of faith. How many of you know there are some fights to your faith walk? We had gotten approval to be able to have church on this property by the planning commission. And then someone thought, no, I'm going to appeal that. I don't want a church in that building. This is a commercial property. And we had already purchased the building. So we're in this little battle with 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 the city council. And I told Brother Copeland about it, and I made a statement, praise God, we're going to make it, we're going to move in for the glory of God, we're not going to be moved. And he pointed at me, and if you know Brother Copeland, and if you've gotten close to him, he has piercing blue eyes. I mean like laser eyes. And he just pointed at me and said, Mark, never change. I'll never forget that. What was he saying? Never change. Never Stop trusting God. Don't take your faith off the line. You see, we serve a God who never changes. But sometimes we change. And if we want to see changes in our life, we need to align ourselves with the God who never changes, with the Word of God who never changes. I'll guarantee you, when you wake up tomorrow morning, the Word of God will always say, by His stripes you are healed. When you wake up in the morning, the Word of God will always say to you, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So don't change. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Recently, the Spirit of God just spoke up on the inside of me. Mark, if you will hold fast the confession of your faith, I will hold you and I will uphold you by the power of my word. His upholding power is available to you as you hold fast. Hallelujah. So Paul knew his destiny. He knew his purpose. He was anchored. He was not going to let that storm discourage him. As a matter of fact, he got so full of faith, he instructed the others, don't be depressed, don't be discouraged, take courage. Get some food and eat, boys. And here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? In Romans eight thirty-seven. He said this, Nay, in all these things, I don't know what your things are, but I know what my things are. And I've heard about some of your things. And some of these things that we face aren't very pleasant. But here's what Paul said. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, we do not have to put up with these things. We can do something about these things. One thing that we can do about these things is say, none of these things move me. We are not helpless pawns under the foot of the enemy. He is a defeated foe and he is under our feet. But there are some things that we can do about these things. In Romans 8.31 gives us another clue of what we can do. He says in Romans 8.31, read it with me twice. What shall we then say to these things if God be for us, who can be against us? Read it again. What shall we then say to these things if God be for us, who can be against us? Did you get it? 
there are some things you can say to those things. God is for me. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Greater is he that is in me than he that's bringing these things from the world system. Amen. So sometimes it may look like the enemy is winning and has the upper hand. Because the enemy is a master at throwing roadblocks in our way to keep us from fulfilling our destiny. But friends, when it's all said and done, what looks like our greatest defeat can turn out to be our greatest victory. I'm telling you today, today's morning can be tomorrow's dancing. And I have discovered that you don't have to wait till tomorrow to dance. You can dance in the midst of the storm. You can run in the midst of the storm. <clears throat> you can shout while the walls are still up. Here's what else I've learned. Today's water can be tomorrow's wine. Today's turmoil is tomorrow's turnaround. Today's storm is tomorrow's calm. The enemy is coming because of the glorious things you're about to do for the glory of God. Whoa, hallelujah. What you're going through cannot stop you if you will not quit. I can't tell you how many times in my younger years that I felt like bringing a U-Haul truck to our home, packing it up on a Sunday night, and leaving town. I'm talking about while I'm pastoring. And then when Wednesday night service comes, I say, where's Pastor Mark? I don't know. I saw him going down 880 with a U-Haul. Many have been the days where I felt like throwing in the towel. But through growth and through development and through trusting God, God shaped me and put on the inside of me a no-quit attitude. An attitude of, I shall not, I shall not be moved. Amen. And if you're honest about it, you felt the same way. Maybe not today, but maybe in yesteryear. And maybe even some here today. The word of the Lord for you is don't quit. You have a date with destiny. God has a divine purpose on the inside of you. The psalmist said, yes, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we are not afraid for you are with us. I love the Passion Translation in verse 4. I want you to read it with me of Psalm 23. I don't think we have it. But it says this, Lord, when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Say that with me. I've not been given a spirit of fear but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear will never conquer me for you already have. The rest of the verse goes on to say this. You remain close to me and you lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes... Oh, that's so good. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never, ever be lonely, for you are near. Woo, hallelujah. Don't let fear conquer you, because Jesus has already conquered fear for you. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul, through much 
trial, through much tribulation, he got to Rome. And he preached to Caesar. And he wrote books of the Bible. And Paul fulfilled the entirety of God's will. I just came by to tell you this morning that your destiny is stronger than the storm. The storm cannot derail you from your purpose. Your purpose is unstoppable if you will refuse to quit. In in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, let's look at that. You got a few more minutes today? I could pull a Mario Murillo on you, but I won't. Mario used to have his microphone right here in the center. And then he'd say, he'd preach and he'd say, Amen, Mario, that's good preaching. (laughs) Then Mario would say, who give me five more minutes? And several people would raise their hand, five, 10, 15, 20. But but I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Hebrews, the 10th chapter. This is a word for us today. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. I believe the Spirit of the Lord just gave me this. The reason why many are casting away their confidence is because they haven't cast their cares on me. I'm going to say that again. One of the reasons why we cast away our confidence, our trust in our faith, is because we haven't cast our cares on Him. Now listen, we need to put down the anchor of peace. This is another anchor. It's a big one. You have been designed to live free from care. You have been designed to live free from anxiety. Now, when there's cares that have come into my life and I have entertained them, the result is always it's just like, where'd my faith go? Because faith and fear don't go together. Faith and fear are opposite forces. And when a person is holding on to the cares of this life, whether it be, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? How are my babies going to get by? Come on. When those things take up space in our soul, then those things stop our faith from functioning at its full potential. And so if we're going to not cast away our confidence and stay in faith, come on, then we need to make sure then that we're casting all of our cares upon Him. Because faith and joy and peace go together. If you show me a person that says that they are in faith and they've got a sad look on their face, they need to have a reappointment with the joy of the Lord. And experience the refreshing that comes from joy. If you show me a person that is pacing the floor back and forth nervously, saying, My God, supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you show me a person that is frantically pacing, even though they're quoting the word, they're not in faith. 
they have yielded to fear. And so fear must be dealt with. If we're going to make it to Rome, we must eliminate the spirit of fear. See, peace is an anchor. And it's something we've got to fight for. It's something that's been provided for us, but it's something that we need to contend for. Because there are robbers of our peace that come to us daily. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you. The peace that I give unto you, it is not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And then he said over and over again in the word, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So for us to cast not away our confidence, we must live a fear-free, carefree life. Let's just try that one on for size right now. Just say it with me. I roll all my care, all my anxiety upon you, for you care for me. Notice again, Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore... Your confidence, which hath great recompense of what? Does God reward faith? Does God reward confidence? The scripture says, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is... And what else is he? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He will reward your faith. You say, Pastor Mark, that's good preaching today. I receive every bit of it. But you're here and you're wondering right now. This is good, Pastor. But you're wondering what your purpose is. You say, I don't know what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is. Are you ready? Here's your purpose. Your purpose is to love God with all of your mind, with all of your heart, and with all of your strength. Your purpose is to serve God with everything that you have. And to serve him passionately. Every day. Follow him. If you'll follow him every day, he will watch over your life and he will direct every day step by step. The purpose doesn't always unfold overnight, but if you will be faithful to take the step that he's given you he will give you another step and as you're faithful to take that step he'll give you another step and your steps will take you right in to divine destiny and divine purpose drop the anchor of purpose and declare with me today i am hallelujah gonna make it Let me give you quickly three reasons. Three reasons why we we should pursue God's purpose in our lives. Number one, you'll be really bored if you don't. You'll be really, I mean, really just bored, not to life either. Just bored if you don't do it. Number two, because you'll never be the blessing to others that God intends you to be if you're not flowing in your purpose. Say it with me. I'm blessed blessed. to be a blessing. And number three, because we only get rewarded for doing what God calls us to do. Here's a couple questions to get you started. Questions to ask yourself. What is it 
that grieves your heart? What makes you mad? What provokes you in your spirit? As you prayerfully answer this, I can point to Andre and his wife. What grieves their spirit is homelessness. What grieves their heart is people hungry and poverty. And they didn't just wait for someone else to do something about it in West Oakland. They got busy and did something about it themselves. You know, it's easy to say, well, this grieves me and that grieves me and this grieves me. Why doesn't somebody do something about it? Well, it's likely God is calling you to get involved to being the solution. Number two, what makes you come alive? What are you excited about? Well, the pastor's calling a prayer meeting. I guess I'll go. <laughs> Come on, Ethel. Time to go on the churn. No, stay home. What makes you come alive? Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that. Because the world doesn't need a bunch of sleepy saints. Remember going over to Brother Moore's uh, house one time when he was living in Tulsa and we were having fellowship and he was driving me back to the hotel. And he said, Mark, like he talks. I said, yes. Yes, Brother Moore. He said, did you know that half of the people, including Christians in the world, are asleep? Asleep at the wheel. Just going through the motions. Let us not be sleepy saints. Let us be lively saints. Let us come alive. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. That's what the world needs. Then a third question to ask yourself, what are you naturally good at? I'll tell you, PT is naturally good and gifted for music. Somebody says, well, I can hardly make a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, that's not your gift. Just keep your gift in the privacy of your own home. And then come to church, lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Blend in. <laughs> What are you good at? Are you good at writing? What are you good at? Do you have a do you have like a gift of mercy? That just really really when you when you wake up in the morning, you can hardly stand it. You think about who you can talk to today, who can you can bless. See, some people are naturally good at it. And I'm thinking about Pastor Nancy. It's a spiritual gift on the inside of her. But she's naturally good at being there for people one-on-one and giving them godly counsel and giving them encouragement. What are you good at? Yeah. Amen. What? What are you good at? He says, well, I'm really good at making money. Welcome to Heart of the Bay. <laughs> I'm really good at paying buildings off. 28950. 
<laughs> None of us are good at everything. I'm not good at cooking. You know? Oh, now wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but she says, or cleaning. I'm really good at eating. And men, you know. But you may be really, really good at baking. I mean, you come alive when you get in the kitchen. And I pray in the Holy Ghost for bakers. Thank you, Jesus. Move on, the brother. Move on, the sister. But you may be really good at making meals for other people. That's your passion. That's what makes you come alive. That sounds like Star Trek. You may be a first-class mechanic. I mean, you, you can hardly wait to get in the garage. Because in the garage, you're listening to Brother Moore, you're listening to Brother Copeland, you're listening to Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda. You're listening to the Word. And in that garage, you're just, there's miracles happening. <laughs> There's miracles happening. There's restoration that's taking place. The rust is coming alive. You may be good at that. There may be someone in the church that needs help with their car. There may be someone in the church that could use an oil change. Well, they can change their own oil. Not if they're 85 or 71. <laughs> what are you good at? Says, well, I'm really good at prayer, Pastor. I, I tell you, I, I, I love the Word. I really, I just love to pray. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and God will give me things and show me things to pray about. I just love to pray. That's a good thing. It makes you come alive. It's what you're good at. It covers the bases of those things that grieve your heart. Those things that grieve our heart and sometimes we get mad at can be changed by a spirit of love and a spirit of prayer. Whatever you're good at, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. Do it with all your strength. Let's not complicate purpose. Sometimes we equate purpose with super-duper preacher. And I'm not putting the super-duper preacher down. Thank God for great preachers. But that's not you. Pastor, I, I tell you what, I can hardly wait to get to church and greet people. I'm good at it. Do it. That's your purpose. First of all, to love God with all of your heart, with all of your might in your mind, and with all of your strength. Our purpose is to serve the Lord with gladness. That's my message for you today. Put down the anchor of purpose. Praise God. Stand up, everybody. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Tom. Thank you, Father. Just lift up our hands right now. Lift up our voice. Brenda's going to pray a great prayer of purpose over your lives right now. Oh, Father. 
We've heard from heaven today. We've heard your word and we have been encouraged. And Lord, we just purpose in our hearts that we'll not leave this building today without making a fresh commitment for your will to be done in our lives. Your plans and your purposes, may they be accomplished. In the area of pruning, Lord, we're available. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. And I heard the Spirit of God say this, that some of you in your heart are saying, yes, I have vision, but there isn't provision. But when you know Him, when you look unto Him, those things He's saying by the Spirit of God that I have put in your heart, you may not know the how, but you do know the who. So look unto me. Lean not unto your own understanding. Just on the inside of you say, Lord, I know that this is from you. Now I'm asking you to help me to walk it out step by step. Hallelujah. And don't be discouraged about those things that you have carried in your heart for many years. And it seems like... It shall never come to pass. No, don't let go. Don't loosen your hope and your trust and your confidence in me. Press into me and I will show you the how. I will make a way where there seems to be no way. And don't despise the day of small beginnings. Like Pastor has said, oh, well, you know, I'm just a greeter. I'm just, I'm just this, I'm just that. There are no just. Every single gift is important. Every single person is valuable. So start where you're at now. Take that step. And the most of And the steps of a good man will be ordered of me, says the Lord. So, Father, right now we just pray over each and every person here today, those that are watching online, those that will tune in later. We thank you by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have been stirred up on the inside of me. We are like what the Apostle Paul said unto Timothy, Stir up the gift of God that has been placed on the inside of you. For everyone should be a masobreta in their place, in their position. No unused members. Lord, we pray that over your people today, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us would be stirred to kambresata, to offer our supply in every area. That yes, you have yes. called us to. In the name of Jesus. In the name Listen of Jesus. Listen very carefully. This this comes up in my heart. I believe Thank it's you, I believe it is a word for many of you here today. Thank you, Lord. That is in the area of healing. God is saying to you, I've given you healing hands. Good. I've given you hands to heal. Not that you're the healer. But I have placed my anointing in your hands. And so those hands that you have shall be used to heal the sick. Yes, amen. Who is that? It just it, Here's what I have in my heart. That it's been so long since you prayed for the sick that you feel like that that's kind of something that's past it's lying dormant the want the lord wants you to know it's very very current in your life who is that 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 ministers to put your hands up just like that in the name of jesus put your hands up okay praise the lord praise the lord thank you lord praise god so she's getting blessed Let's just kind of hold the volume for a moment. But put your hands out right now and just lift them up to the Lord. And say right now, I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. Hands to heal. Hands to heal. Hands to minister. Hands to minister. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
And something else came up in my spirit. Say it with me. I receive that. I receive that. I believe the Lord is saying, look for opportunities to pray for others. Yeah, that's good. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Say with me, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Now there's there's others here today. You've had a word come to you about a certain person, certain place, or a certain thing. You've had in the past, you may not even be aware of it, but you've had in the past a word of knowledge. And a word of knowledge is one of the gifts of the Spirit given to you by the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes it's to minister to a person. Our son just had a a wonderful, wonderful experience with the word of knowledge. And why I'm sharing this with you is this, is it seems as if those words have not been happening, but it's time for those words to happen again. Words of knowledge. Healing hands. Tell them what happened at, uh, just recently. So John and Lindy, they, you know, they go to Disneyland quite a bit. And I don't know how recent this was. It was a while back. But um, as they were on their way to Disneyland, a pastor friend had texted John. And he said, you've just really been on my heart. And I have this word from the Lord from you. It was a very encouraging word. So he's sitting on a bench while his kids and wife are on a ride. And he's texting this pastor friend back. And he's saying, thank you. That was so encouraging. And the Spirit of God said to him, the way that I just encouraged you, I want you to encourage someone else. And he pointed out to this other father that was sitting on a bench there waiting for his kids. And he said, see that man over there? He's a pastor, and he's discouraged, and I want you to go over there and pray for him. We're talking about in Disneyland. And he's like, oh, really? And then he said he just had, it was like butterflies on the inside of him that he just, he just had to get up and do it. He walked over to him. He said, I know this is going to sound really weird, but are you a pastor? And he goes, yes, I am. And then John said, the Lord just told me, come over here, pray for you, give you this encouraging word. Gave him a bunch of scriptures that came up in his heart. This man was facing, been battling a brain tumor for quite some time. And John gave him scriptures that encouraged and lifted his heart and prayed for him in Disneyland. You know, when Pastor was talking about the things that may be laying dormant and the gifts of the Spirit, it's great when they happen in here, in these four walls. But we don't live here in the church. We live out there. We're hurting, dying, sighing. Humanity is. Where discouraged pastors are. Where believers that are sick, you might sit next to them on BART. They might work next to you in the cubicle. Out there is really where the gifts of the Spirit should be flowing. Not just up here when we're in church. That's great. That's wonderful. But you and I are believers. Mark 16 said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Yes. The believing ones. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So everyone lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. There's going to be opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. But along with opportunity comes availability. So raise your hand and say, Oh God, I'm available. I'm available. Use me. Use me. In whatever way. In whatever way. That you see fit. That you see fit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come now. Come upon each and every one of us and bring us up higher to a greater degree of service and flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Obey the promptings. Yes. Be led by the Spirit. It's a part of our purpose. Amen. It's a big part 
of our destiny. We are sons of God. And we are to manifest the kingdom of God. Hallelujah.